Creative Babble. Last time on Pretend Radio, Anita Barney told us how she went from being the wife of a Wendy's CEO to becoming broke and struggling to pay her light bill. She remembers her late husband's advice. When he was dying, he was uh, giving me all these instructions, and one of them was, do not let a man come into your life and take all your money. I said, well, I would never do that. (laughs) Uh, That's, you know, the story. Yeah. Do not have a man come into your life and take all your money. She fell victim to a swindler, Art Schleister. It started out with a small favor. So he said, I need a car that will get me to Carmel, Indiana, to establish a relationship with my daughter. So I need about, could I borrow about 10000 Well, I was surprised, believe me, that he even asked, that he, yeah. <laughs> he just met me and he's asking me for money. And... Uh, I totally was surprised, but I didn't know what to say. I, I just, I just stammered around, and I just, I said yes. Then it led her to losing her entire fortune. But instead of calling the cops or telling her family what was going on, she kept up the facade of being a millionaire. I just needed my money back. I couldn't let my family know what had happened, and that's what kept me going. I kept thinking, it's gotta, it's gotta end. He's saying it's gonna end. But it's never going to end. In fact, it's only going to get worse. Today, we're going to talk about why Anita turned to her friends and scammed them out of their life savings. So why would she do it? Why would she get her friends wrapped up in this mess? The answer? It's not easy to understand. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend Radio. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. You may be asking yourself, where is Anita's son, Alan? Doesn't he suspect his mother's life is spiraling out of control? How was she able to keep the secret for so long? Well, eventually Alan realized something was wrong, and he flew down to where Anita was living to confront her in person. She assured him that everything was all right. She made a short-term loan to Art, and that he would repay her by the end of the month. There was nothing to worry about. remember how this all started. At first, Art asked Anita for a personal loan. 10 grand here, 10 grand there. It was always 10 grand. Even when he asked her for hundreds of thousands of dollars, he made her break it up into $10,000 chunks. Any larger, and it could raise suspicion. These loan requests piled up and got out of control. That was his first tactic. After he drained Anita's funds, it was time to change things up. His next scheme was selling Ohio State football season tickets. Art asked Anita. And he said, do you have any friends that need tickets, but they can't get any? I said, well, I don't know that. I don't know. He said, why don't you call and ask around? Some of Anita's friends couldn't get tickets and they were kind of excited. And I know what you're thinking, but everyone who purchased tickets actually got tickets. At face value, too. He did not charge them a penny more. The problem is, the tickets weren't always together. They were scattered throughout the stadium. 
So what was Art's interest in selling these season tickets? Well, he would take the pre-sale money from the season tickets and gamble it all away in hopes to grow the money. But by the time football season came around, Art lost all the money and would have to buy overpriced tickets from a ticket broker to make good on his promise. He was losing money on the deal. And it also explains why the tickets were so randomly scattered throughout the stadium. What a mess. So I guess that was a scam, but all things considered, nobody was harmed. The next scam would set off a chain of events that nobody could undo. Art mentions that he knows a person and can get Super Bowl tickets for $1,100 a piece. Anita calls a few friends and offers them tickets. Super Bowl tickets. Heck yeah, her friends are in. She collects almost $20,000 for 18 tickets. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Anita's struggling to pay her bills. She asks Art for money. Anita recalls him becoming more and more aggressive and paranoid. He says, ask me about the money one more time and I'll disappear and you'll never get the money. He had people watching me, following me, because he knew where I was all the time. He'd say, well, where'd you go today? I just hung around the condo. He said, no, you didn't. You went here, you went there. Art began to ask Anita about getting short-term loans for her friends. He said he would pay them back with high interest. She said she saw Art come through with the Ohio State tickets. Hmm, sort of. And he was slowly repaying some of the loans she made to him. So she says she felt comfortable letting her friends make a little money off of these short-term loans. I mean, what could go wrong, right? But Anita didn't feel comfortable asking friends for money. She resisted calling her friends, and he would get angry. Anita recalls one day, when they were both sitting in the car, when Art opens up Anita's address book. He'd tell me to call somebody, and I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm crying, I'm begging, I'm not just sitting there. I'm, I'm crying, I'm begging. I get out of the car and walk away and and he'd cuss me out and then I had to get back in the car. It was my car. He got into my car mm-hmm. and uh, and he would take the phone book and just go down and start calling people and then hand me the phone. he tell me what to say. He dials a random number. I was calling people that I hadn't talked to in years. They still were in my phone book. But he was dialing these numbers, and I hadn't talked to them in years, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. The phone starts ringing. Anita's voice is shaky. She makes some small talk and then starts explaining the nature of the investment. She goes on and on. Finally, the person on the other end interrupts her. The answer is no. What do you think I am, a bank? He hangs up. Art yells at her, that was terrible. You'll need to practice. She tried again. Next, Anita calls a different friend. This time, she had a script. Art was furious. Anita remembers him screaming, Damn it, you can't just read the effing thing. You have to act like you actually mean it. Art picked up the phone again and started dialing. Eventually, her sales pitch got better. The plan was... Three to four weeks, they get their money back with 10% interest. Is what I Art told me to tell them. And they were all excited about it, just as I was, because I believed it was going to happen. Soon, she got 90000 from her friend, the Nesbits, 
$30,000 from her personal trainer, $20,000 from another friend, $10,000 from her housekeeper's mother, $10,000 from a former school teacher. You see, not all these people were millionaires. These were hardworking people putting their life savings on the line. I know this sounds crazy, but remember, friends don't know she's broke. As far as they know, she's still a millionaire. She's simply offering them an opportunity to make money. But months go by and no one's getting their money. Her housekeeper's mother writes her and asks, how can you easily betray years of friendship and service? People are angry. They weren't getting their money back, right? Or, or did, he, did he ever repay some of those loans? He did, but most of them were just calling morning, noon, and night because there was a date, like one week, and then I'd call and say, well, there's a problem. It'll be another week. It just kept dragging it out, and then they would get more angry. And then they'd say, tell we'll give them more interest if they can just wait another month. And sure, that's fine. They were excited about it. I, I was too. Yeah. And then when they started calling and saying, well, leaving messages. Anita wouldn't pick up the phone. It was too much for her to bear. We are going to the police, say six o'clock. I don't have the money. But after a few months, friends and family started to suspect something was really wrong. Why was Anita so withdrawn? Why was she calling people asking for money? the walls were closing in on her. I just started thinking about how could this person control me like this and destroy me and my friends like this. It's just got to stop. I just remember thinking it's got to stop. I don't care what happens to me. I fell to my knees and I said, God, I thought I could do this on my own. I can't. I turned my life over to you. And I remember thinking, I don't care if I go to jail. I don't care what happens. I've got to stop him. This can't go on. Anita recalls driving to her husband's gravesite. She says she stayed in her car and pulled a pistol out of her purse. I remember going to the cemetery, my husband's gun, and it's like, this is the only way I can get out of this situation and to get away from art. There's no other way. So I took the gun, and I was sitting in the car, and I'm crying, and I'm praying. And asking God to forgive me, but I don't know what else to do. Then, her cell phone rings. It was her son, Alan. And he wants to know where she is. He said, Mom, where are you? And he's on his way to the cemetery. But by the time Alan arrives, Anita's gone. I left because I didn't want to see the gun. Although Alan didn't know exactly what was going on, he knew Art was involved somehow. If suicide wasn't an option, then the only remaining thing to do was call the authorities. She told them everything. She didn't even have an attorney present. She could face some serious jail time for her involvement in all this. The detectives gave Anita a tape recorder so she could document her conversations with Art. I'm scared to death, though. I'm telling you. He just has to have something to show his wife. Uh, all right? Yeah. That's it. That's all he has to do. Get in your car right now. Okay? You know, let me tell you something. If the Fernando is an asshole, his wife is a bitch. Fernando's a good guy. His wife wants, to, wants him to hurt you and me. If 
tornado comes out on us, then they'll all come out on you. Okay? Oh, and they'll kill us. Oh, God. You oh, are a rich man, woman in most people's eyes. Alright? Yes. Uh, please don't make me do this. I can't do this anymore. I got, I mean, you know what? We have to do this today. Oh, we have I to can't. Stand yeah. Write the f checks. They'll never be cashed, okay? Oh, Art, I'm gonna get in trouble for these always bounce checks. I'm not gonna let you get in trouble for bounce checks. But wait, remember the Super Bowl tickets? Well, people started asking when they would get their tickets. Art tells Anita to say they would be ready in three to four days. But the tickets never came. Now it's Sunday, seven days until the Super Bowl. Art promises to have the tickets by Tuesday morning. It's now Monday, and people are planning to travel to Dallas for the Super Bowl. Except, they still don't have their tickets. Art says he needs to drive to Indianapolis to get the tickets, but there's a bad storm coming. Five more days till Super Bowl Sunday. The pressure is building. Anita tells Art that people are calling wanting their tickets or their money back. Art tells her that he may not have the tickets until the next day. The weather in Indianapolis is a mess. He says, don't worry, they're gonna have their tickets. Just tell them to go ahead and make the trip. Art says he'll overnight them. Anita tells him they're gonna go to the police. Art says, the police? Super Bowl hasn't even started yet. But it was too late. The press picked up the story and they were camping outside of Anita's house. There were no Super Bowl tickets. It's now Sunday and Art calls Anita. He tells her he's going to turn himself in and confess everything. He tells her to be safe, take care, and that he loves her. In an interview with detectives, Art had this to say. He told police, and I quote, You know, I want to tell you something about Anita Barney. I love Anita Barney. She did more to help me than any person in this whole world would ever do. Ten times. She's a great woman. She deserves better. I hope nobody charges her with anything. If you want to place it on me, you can. That's who deserves it. Art Schleister pled guilty to one count of engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity. That's a first-degree felony. And 12 counts of felony theft, a total of 39 years. As you can imagine, Anita wasn't his only victim. He had many. It's just that she was the most vulnerable. It's hard to believe that all this took place in less than 16 months. Anita Barney filed for bankruptcy. But what about her part in this crime? Well, she eventually hired an attorney, and he negotiated her full cooperation in exchange for a guilty plea that did not include jail time. But Anita's greatest punishment was seeing her world collapse. People were shunning me. I was so shunned. I still am to this day. But I hold my head up finally because... Mm -hmm. I didn't do it intentionally with a, with a terrible heart and mind. Yeah. I, I did it 
but not because I, I'm a thief or anything. And I know where the circumstances I was in, I didn't know how to get out of it. I'm just a victim. And I'm, I'm not, I still have trouble living with myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think about it and I feel so bad. But I don't know what else to do now, but just keep going forward. And, and I don't go around a lot of people. I don't, I still stay kind of isolated. And I think people are always talking about me and there's mm-hmm. that woman. And mm-hmm. I just, feel very depressed about it i lost more than money i lost friendships i lost family and i lost everything material wise my home i love my home it's gone my cars are gone i've sold had two auctions to get rid of everything because i had to so i've lost everything literally but i do have god in my life now and i'm comfortable and i don't go around preaching but God is my friend now, and I just feel his arms around me all the time. And I'm very, I'm very satisfied right now. Anita says she's devoting the rest of her life to try to repay her debts. She wrote a book titled Quarterback Sneak, exposing the criminal game plan of Arch Leister. She wants the proceeds to go directly to her victims. You know, she took the time to talk with me because she hopes that someone out there is listening and she would like her story to eventually become a movie. She says even if she's gone, she wants to make sure that she could pay back the money she has taken. You can find Quarterback Sneak on Amazon or your local bookstore. This episode was written by me and my wife, Allison. We wrote it on our way back from Florida. She was driving and I was typing in the car and she was saying, okay, what happens next? And I'm like, I don't know, just gotta write it. And let me tell you, it was, it was fun because this story had so many twists and turns and sure made for a fun road trip. Thank you, Allie. I also wanna say that, you know, I'm gonna take a couple weeks off, but don't worry, Pretend Radio will be back With the rest of season two, we got some crazy stories lined up. In fact, one that takes us all the way back to our first episode. It's a follow-up on the Word of Faith Fellowship. You know, that church in Western North Carolina that's uh, accused of beating and screaming at their church members? Yeah, we're going to Brazil. They, They brought the abuse to Brazil. They got a church in Brazil, and guess what? I have an interview with one of the Brazilian church members. And I was forced to do hard, you know, hard works there, and I didn't receive anything, any money, nothing. I didn't receive anything for everything I did. In the meantime, if you haven't listened to the first season, go back and listen to episode one and try to catch up. So please, please, please keep spreading the word. This show is finally catching on. 
Leave a review, tell your friends, do whatever it takes, but let's keep this show going because I'm having a blast and I hope you are too. I'll be back in a few weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Creative Babble.